Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is Tuesday, March 3rd, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I will be going over a very nice eight-game main slate up for tonight, uh, where we have some very intriguing games, interesting stories, big lines, uh, some big totals. It is going to be very... Uh, very interesting and very strategic for sure. Uh, let me start out by first apologizing that the pod's coming out just a little bit late today. Um, my son and I uh, were voting. We are in Texas and today is Super Tuesday. So we, uh, one thing I am very proud of with my three children, uh, all which my youngest uh, is my son is a freshman in college, and they all vote and that is a big deal for me i'm an ex-political science uh, guy i have a degree in political science and taught government uh in high school for for 12 years so uh you know my message today before we dive into basketball is i know it becomes extremely frustrating dealing with some of the insane uh, things that are done and said in government uh, by officials and all the way up to our president. But, you know, don't lose your right to vote. You know, don't, you know, don't take that for granted. We are in the best country in the world. Uh, we have the most freedoms of any country in the world. And, you know, I, I really truthfully believe it's not only an honor, but a duty to cast your vote. And, and uh, it gives everybody a voice. And that's what makes us different. So, for any other of the Super Tuesday states out there today, uh, it's plenty of time to get out there and vote today. And then when you know everything comes around to the other states here, um, get out there, be heard. It's it's, it's a great thing. Um, but I will not talk politi- politics on this show ever. And uh, other than just the fact of let your voice be heard. You know, regardless of. Uh, right wing, left wing, center, whatever. It's just, uh, you know, I, I'm just passionate about that as well. So I will not bore you guys with that whole thing until the general comes, general election comes up in the fall. Then I'm going to be chirping again, I'm sure. But anyway, great news is we are 10 and 2 since we have launched at DFS Coach Talk. I'm so happy blessed uh just thrilled that we've gotten out to such a great start um it just and i want to keep it going we're we're not letting up for a half a second we're not taking our foot off the gas uh, we fully expect to go to 11 and 2 after today um i sort of hit a milestone on since uh i started the nba this season with nba summer league i did fiba preseason and now uh, regular season, I am 60 and 23, so I'm very proud of that number as well. Uh, my personal goal was to be over 70% uh, on the winning side this season. The four previous years, I've been between 62 and 69%, so i uh, set the bar higher this year, and so far, so good. Uh, we just have to keep working. It's all about the time, work, effort, watching the games, uh, and, and doing all of that stuff. If you try to shortcut it, it's like anything else in life. You shortcut it, uh, you're not going to do as well at it. But if you put in uh, the time, and, and the good thing about you know joining DFS, DFS Coach Talk, and you can do that by going to 
dfscoachtalk.com, or you can find us at dfscoachtalk on Twitter. Uh, you know, we, we do a lot of that work for you. Um, we're spending a good five to six hours preparing for every slate and, uh, you know, looking at in-depth statistical analysis. Uh, but we never pour any of that into any type of cruncher or optimizer. Uh, we don't uh, believe in that. We, we hand build our lineups. You know, for me, I usually build one or two cash lineups. And for our GPP pros, uh, Andrew and Mike, they're hand building uh, anywhere from one to, I think, like 20 lineups. I think Mike has played uh, on occasion. Um, but again, the reason we hand build them is you'll see, you'll notice a, a lot of what, you know, you call uh, train entries in these tournaments where people are just grabbing the information of whatever the optimizer spits out and boom, they're playing that. And there's, you know, large groups with the exact same lineups. So, you know, we don't want that, number one. And, and secondly, you know, the edge that we feel we have over anybody else is just truly the fact that we're basketball guys. I mean, this is our favorite sport. This is our focus sport. Um, and, you know, there's nothing like the eye test. You know, you can pick up so much just from watching the flow of a game. You know, if a guy looks like he's about to bust out, if a guy's playing hurt, if he's in the coach's doghouse, if he's finishing games, I could go on and on. But all of those notes don't show up in any statistical category or box score. Those are all found by watching, viewing, uh, retaining. And, uh, you know, I did that for years and years as a coach, you know, whether it be coaching my own team or scouting another team, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, I remember driving through snowstorms. I'll never forget. I had to uh, scout a team in uh, Toronto, Canada, and so I had to drive through a blizzard to get there to catch a game, uh, you know, and film it. In those days, we carried the big camera, and then we'd break down the film, you know, stop and go, stop and go, nothing like today. And But that's how you learn the game. That's how you understand the game. That's how you can to me be super successful at DFS because it's that edge that that really not many people out there uh, have so I'm excited about it and as you can tell I'm stoked up I always get fired up when I get to vote so that's one thing I know that's pretty nerdy but it is what it is and I'm fired up that where our membership is growing our listenership on our podcast is is really blowing up so it's fantastic and we don't take any of it for granted. I want to thank every one of you that have uh, joined the DFS Coach Talk family and have listened to the podcast. Uh, it's just fantastic. And, and we really do uh, you know, our very, very best. We're laying it out there to you, and we're going to give you uh, the information that, that we think you need to build a winning lineup. And if you want to take that extra step, which we advise, you know, first of all, we, you know, I'll just go over that right now real quickly is, you know, we recommend you listen to this podcast every day, take some notes, figure out, you know, what you want to build for that uh, original lineup, get that going, and then listen to uh, news all day, you know, stay on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk, and you can follow our pros. We're going to be putting notes up all the time as far as scratches, what's going on. And then once you're a member, uh, you can be in our Discord. It automatically updates everything from Fantasy Labs, any NBA news uh, that comes out, and anything that our pros 
uh, are tweeting all show up in Discord. Plus, you get to bounce around some ideas with some other people that are uh, really in the basketball family. So it's some great stuff for sure. All right, I know we're a little bit late. I'm not going to drag things out here uh, early on. So I want to dive in because it is eight games, and I want to get this out so everybody has plenty of time to listen to it. So uh, the first thing we want to do, as we always do, and it's never the most fun thing to do because it's like reading off a list, but unfortunately, it's like the most important list that we will go over uh, as far as today's uh, slate. And that is the injury list and player status update of everybody for tonight's games. So we like to do that at the beginning so we can make notes and get everything straightened away as we break down the games. So here we go. Kevin Looney is out. Draymond Green is out. Anthony Davis is in. Marco Bellinelli out. LaMarcus Aldridge remains out. Uh, Kemba Walker is back and will play. Marcus Smart will play and without a minute's restriction. Uh, the big news for Boston is it looks like Tatum is going to sit. Right now he's doubtful at 25%. Uh, but from what I read in some of the coach uh, talk, uh, he's not going to play. Uh, Devontae Graham's another big one. He is out. Uh, so that's going to change things in that game against the Spurs for sure. And then you got the dreaded one we hate the most, which is the 50-50 questionable. You've got Alex Caruso, definitely affects that rotation. Paul Millsap, huge uh, you know, uh, distinction there between what will happen with Grant and everybody else if he plays or, or doesn't play. Kenrick. Kenrich Williams is doubtful. Corey Joseph is in that same questionable bucket. Not sure either way. As is these two guys, which make Toronto impossible to figure out at this point, and that is Serge Ibaka and Fred Van Vliet. They are both 50%, uh, you know, might play, might not play. So we got to keep an eye on that for sure. De'Aaron Fox is probable, 75% chance to play against the Wizards. I think when he, you know, knowing the Wizards' defense, I think he might hobble out there on one leg just to have a chance to take advantage of those uh, defensively challenged Wizards. So um, Josh Richardson remains out for Philly. So the Shake Milton insanity continues. I did have Shake in that last game when he went crazy. So I'm a big Shake fan now. Uh, so I don't know if I'll go back to him tonight against the Lakers. I doubt it, but uh, I'm certainly a fan. He helped definitely uh, with our, our slate the other night, big time. Um, Cam Johnson from Phoenix is probable. And the last guy is Garrett Temple for Brooklyn. He is 50-50 questionable, and that might not, not sound like big news. Uh, and a lot, you know, we haven't rostered Garrett Temple very often, but it is big news because it depend it really shifts uh, the entire uh, defensive prowess for Brooklyn. They are not as good defensively without him on the floor, uh, and that also affects uh, Boston and increases the the rating of of uh, guys like Jalen Brown and Marcus Martin, Kemba Walker. So something to keep in mind there. Okay, that's all we have from that side on the injury. So not that bad, but unfortunately things that we really have to uh, watch for later on. Uh, that news is going to be 
absolutely impossible to finalize your roster without. So uh, stay tuned in for that all the way up to lock. All right, the first game on the board starts at 7 o'clock. It's the lone 7 o'clock game, so it's the only game we're guaranteed to have lineups and all of the player news, so that's a good thing. We have the San Antonio Spurs that are on a second night of a back-to-back, so that creates a phenomenal concern because we know Pop. Pop is the, the most famous coach in the league for doing very bizarre things with rotations and playing a guy that never plays and then sitting guys that do. You know how the story goes. But on back-to-backs, I try to steer as clear from the, the Spurs as I possibly can. Um, they are a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Charlotte. The total is a paltry 212, lowest by a mile on the slate. And would you believe me if I told you uh, we will be going over a game that has a 36-point total higher than this game? So uh, not really does it, it makes this game does not look like a game that you want to play. Um as far as the implied totals, the Spurs are 108 and the and Charlotte's 104 and a half. So uh, very paltry there. Not a game you want to focus on. But I do have to say this. With uh, Devontae Graham out, uh, you have to consider Terry Rozier just on the usage um, or Miles Bridges. Those would be the two spots that have the biggest usage bumps when Devontae's out. So those two actually are in consideration right now for me. And one of the two, I'm not going to play both, but one of the two uh, will probably make my lineup. I think it's a good differentiator. And anytime you get somebody in the mid to high 30s in usage, uh, which those two guys will be for this game, uh, you've got to consider it. On the Spurs side, again, I'm not even going to go there. I just, you know, we know LaMarcus is out. Some people are going to roster DeRozan. I'm just not comfortable with any of Pop's rotation in a back-to-back. It's that simple. Plus, you have this factor. The pace in this game, Spurs are 15th, which is okay, middle of the road. Charlotte's the slowest team in the league. They're dead last. So that's a deterrent. Uh, On the opposite side of the chart, to only have a 212 total and the Spurs be the 26th-ranked defensive team, and Charlotte, the 24th-ranked defensive team, uh, is very surprising. Uh, Just goes to show the complete ineptitude, really, of these two teams at this point uh, of the season. So very tough game to, you know, include much into your roster, in my opinion, on an eight-game slate that has some really monster games coming up. Um, Like I said, for, for me, I'll probably tune in to one Charlotte guy, and, a, and unless something crazy happens that DeRozan fits perfectly, uh, other than that, I'm not going to touch uh, this game at all. Okay, we go to game two, 7.30 game. It is the Brooklyn Nets at the Boston Celtics. You have both teams on the first night of a back-to-back, so that is a concern. You also have uh, some injury uh, notes that we went over for these teams. So we have, you know, that's going to determine some things. Certainly with Tatum being out with Boston, brings a lot of their players into play. Um, Boston is a six and a half point favorite, so they're expecting Brooklyn to keep it close enough that everybody should get uh, regular minutes. 
the the implied total for Boston is 113, Brooklyn 106 and a half. As far as pace, Brooklyn's ninth, Boston's 17th. Uh, but here's the concern I have. Brooklyn is eighth and Boston fourth in defense. So you're dealing with two of the eight best defensive teams in the league as far as efficiency uh, team-wise. Uh, that creates a, you know, a concern and, and a red flag for me. Um, you know, I, I do believe with Boston, the, the, the usage that, that uh, Tatum gets, uh, he's the highest usage player on the team. Uh, with him sitting, it's going to get sprinkled, you know, between uh, Kemba, uh, definitely uh, a little bit will go to Hayward, certainly Jalen Brown, and uh, maybe even a little bit of Marcus Smart. So, you know, Boston shares the ball. It's the first night of a back-to-back. Two decent defensive teams with not the greatest pace in the world. Um, I'm not crazy about the game. You know, I I've enjoyed playing Dinwiddie recently, uh, but I think he's going to get a lot of Marcus Smart, and I'm not too excited about that. Um, Karis LeVert has been, been solid, and he would normally be uh, probably guarded by Tatum. So uh, I know Lavert's probably going to get maybe Jalen Brown defense, um, and that puts him in play. I actually like Lavert a little bit better uh, than Dinwiddie tonight, uh, but not crazy about him. On the Boston side, again, you know you've got a split of uh, you know responsibilities. Uh, the news on Temple is important because if he sits, the guy that I'll probably go to is Jalen Brown. I think he'll be. Uh, in somewhat of a smash spot if if he doesn't have to face any decent defense from Brooklyn. So uh, I need that news to, to complete it, and then uh, probably we'll look elsewhere. Okay, game three, 8 o'clock. There's two 8 o'clock games, two 9 o'clock games, and two 10 o'clock games. So uh, pretty balanced the rest of the way uh, on this card. The first 8 o'clock game is the T-Wolves at the Pelicans. You again have two teams on the first night of a back-to-back -back tonight, which definitely puts a little bit of a monkey wrench into the plans of figuring it out. But here is the stack game that everybody's going to go bonkers on. It has the highest total that I've seen this season. I believe that the highest was 247. Uh, with It was the Rockets and Suns or something like that. But right here we've got 248. That is a fat number considering there are guys out like cat and such uh in this game um the problem is the pelicans are an 11 and a half point favorite so vegas is thinking this has the potential to blow out so that is a concern so you got two red flags first nights of double headers or double headers that's baseball i keep saying that back to backs and um the fact that uh you know, there's a, a pretty good size spread here, which could mean there could be a blowout. So those are two issues I'm a little concerned about. Um, but the 248 total just screams, you know, stack me, please. Um, the implied total for the Pelicans is 130. I do not believe, and I, I'm gonna, I'll go back and check it when the pod's over. I do not believe anybody has had an implied total 
of 130 plus this entire season. So that has to get your attention for sure. Um, Minnesota's implied totals 118 and a half. Here's the other you know positives for stacking this game. You've got Minnesota five and and Pelicans two as far as pace. Two of the five fastest teams in the entire league. And then even adding on that defensively nothing to write home about 21st and 20th respectively so you've got fast pace bad defense high vegas total i mean you know i just don't know if you can take anything down with without two three four guys from this game uh you know and as far as who you can take that's not exactly a piece of cake i know everybody's gonna load up on the usual suspects like ingram zion drew holiday but there's other guys that in play, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. Um, you know, there's there's guys that you could roster, you know, five, six deep on the Pelican side. Minnesota, it's a little bit more difficult. You know, D'Angelo Russell, Be- Malik Beasley's been great. Um, you know, you could possibly go to cheaper bigs like Nas Reed or James Johnson. Um, you know, there's some other reaches for GPP plays of guys that have come back recently, like the Jake Lehmans that are starting to get more minutes. Um, So this game is wide open. Um, I guess that the key factor here is, let's see if there's any other late news, anything else that goes on uh, that affects this game. But, uh, you know, I'm very comfortable rostering uh, two or three Pelicans without question and one or two on the Minnesota side from you know that pool of players uh for sure so this is going to be the focus game it is going to be the chalk game there will be a lot of people uh definitely rostering people here but as far as differentiating yourself you know i don't i you may have some people try to roster six or seven from this game i don't really think that's necessary i'm not uh, a big believer in stacking deep in, in in the NBA. I am in baseball, but uh, not not in the NBA. In the NBA, you know, you don't want to quite put all your eggs in one basket. You want to try to pull out the the top performers uh, from a game like this, and then just ride ride them into the sunset. Okay, second uh, second game at eight o'clock is very intriguing game, fun game to watch actually. It's the L.A. Clippers at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, The Clippers are a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Uh, The the total is 227. Implied 115.5 for L.A., 112 for the Thunder. Uh, Clippers play at the eighth-fastest pace, which a lot of people didn't expect that this season. Uh, The Thunder are down at 23rd, which is understandable. Uh, here's the red flag. Clippers fifth best, Thunder eleventh best. So both teams d it up. Uh, you know this game scares me a little bit. It's at Oklahoma City. Uh, the, it's very expensive to pay up for Kawhi and Paul George, and they're both uh, going to split some usage there without question. And then you've got you know guys like Williams and Harrell off the bench that have been tearing it up as well. Um, all that being said, I just don't feel comfortable with all the other spots paying up for the Clippers, and uh, I don't feel like paying up for the Thunder either. I think, uh, you know, you can attack the Clippers at center a little bit. So if anybody's playable on the Thunder t- side, 
uh, it's probably Steven Adams. But, you know, I sort of get agitated when I roster Adams because he does well most of the time, but Nerland's Noel keeps stealing a little bit more and more minutes from him. I think they're trying to, you know, get him a little bit more acclimated. So, you know, I'm, I do, you know, that's my biggest pet peeve is I hate guys that split minutes. I just, you know, I want my minutes played. I know that's not the end all where, you know, minutes do equal money to an extent, but it has to be quality minutes. I get that. But I don't want somebody on an eight game slate where I'm trying to take something down that, that I think may have a, a ceiling of 25 minutes. It's just not good enough. And really, you can't get away with it anymore in DFS. Uh, the totals that it takes to, to win stuff are too high. You've got to find those guys that are going to be the combo in the 30s minutes and in you know the upper 20s to 40% in usage. You find those guys in that pocket that you can fit in your salary, uh, you're, you're going to be in good shape uh, even before the first ball tips. So, uh, you know, this game is not a game I'm going to roster probably anybody. Uh, I'll be fading it. Uh, I will watch some of it because I think it'll be an entertaining game uh, with two good teams. So, okay, we go on to the first 9 o'clock game. Another uh, opposite end of the spectrum teams here. You've got Golden State at Denver. Denver, a big, fat 15.5-point favorite. So blowout sounds like somewhat inevitable, uh, but then you say that and somebody wins outright. So who knows? But certainly the most likely to blow out on this slate. Um, it's The weird thing is, even with a 15.5-point spread, it's only a 218.5 total. So that is really uh, a monster uh, concern right there. Uh, the implied for Denver's 117, Golden State 101.5. As far as pace of play, Golden State's 14th, Denver 29th. Of course, we know Jokic. Get the ball to top of the key, face up. Look for the back door, look for the back door, lob to a cutter, boom, there's the offense. I know I do that every once in a while just to remind everybody that Jokic touches the ball on every possession and usually has a piece of something there. That's why he's, uh, you know, been killing it. Uh, and I, you know, I can't see why he wouldn't against Golden State unless it blows out. And Malone is not a guy that plays his people extended minutes. He is the opposite end of that spectrum. If I had to name three or four coaches in the league that will rest their guys in a blowout lickety split, he is one of them. So that is a concern in a big spread game, and that's why I'm not going with the Joker today. Um, actually, I don't really want any of the Denver players, uh, even though they may blow it out. I just don't trust the the sharing of the ball, the multiple guys that can score, and the depth of their bench. Denver has a really good bench. Um, on the Golden State side, you know, they're, they're somewhat – uh, shorthanded still they have like eight or nine active players at the most they had seven the other night and they're all pretty much blowout proof because it it's not even a g league i i don't even think their team is a g league team because they have guys on this team like the toscano andersons and stuff that are just been okay in the g league and they have guys that they signed that uh were just free agents from europe weren't even in the G League. I mean, 
I know Golden State's trying to lose and get the number one pick and then get everybody back next year and re-sign. I mean, I know they have a master plan, but in the interim, we're, we're dealing with garbage play. Now, that being said, I've had an absolute blast playing Damian Lee and Jordan Poole. Those two guys have been terrific, and a little Eric Paschal as well. The Pasch animal has been tough. And with, uh, you know, the, the, with Draymond sitting out, I think they're all... Uh, playable. Uh, the guy that everybody plays immediately is Andrew Wiggins. They figure he's the best player on the team. Well, here's a problem. He will throw a good game in there, maybe 6X, whatever, but he's going to throw a 2Xer in there, I'm telling you. He drifts around. He's not engaged all the time. He's not playing the point, so he sort of just floats around the wing, and I know everybody loves to own him, and that's fine with me, but I am not going there. I would rather spend that money elsewhere and you know the other guys are more likely to play in a blowout anyway uh, Kai Bowman starting to get a, a few extra minutes uh, you certainly can consider him as well and Marquise Chris has been great I mean he's been really really steady so as silly as it sounds I, I really do like a couple Golden State guys here uh, they seem to have fit very well into my winning formula of lineups here in the last couple of weeks so, you know, no sense in punting on him now. So I will probably go there for one or even two Warriors. All right. Everybody hopefully uh, is like, wow, okay. Uh, the other 9 o'clock game, game number six on the slate, Toronto Raptors at the Phoenix Suns. Toronto is a four-point road favorite. The total is 225 and a half. We have an implied 115 for Toronto, 111 for Phoenix. And defensively, uh, 13th and 10th, or I'm sorry, that's pace. 13th and 10th in pace for this game. So that is a good thing. These teams do get up and down. But defensively, Toronto's now second in the league. So that uh, stings Phoenix a little bit. But again, Toronto's without some of their bigs. Uh, you know, when you're not playing Gasol or Ibaka, then, you know, you're not quite the defensive team, certainly not second. And, you know, Van Vliet's questionable as well. Uh, you know, we've, we've got to get that news. Phoenix, on the other hand, is 19th defensively. So, you know, if a few of those Toronto guys are missing, you have to go to the big boys from Toronto, in my opinion, you know. I think the comp, the three guys that have to be in on, in your player pool as far as possibly making your final roster, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's Lowry, it's Powell, and it's Siakam. And that's if Van Vliet and Ibaka sit. I just think those three just absorb all that usage. You know, all their other guys, the periphery guys of the Boucher's and Davis's and Hollis Jefferson's and all that, they're all okay. But on an eight-game slate like this, you need a little bit more meat uh, and when you're putting, it, putting these teams in the lineup. So I would say focus on those three guys, but those two pieces of news are huge. Uh, on the Phoenix side, certainly Aiton becomes an even better play uh, without Ibaka or Gasol playing for Toronto, if that's the case. Uh, so, you know, you gotta, he has performed fantastic for the last 15 or 20 games, so... Aiton is certainly a consideration. Um, you know, 
Toronto defends well. Booker has been on fire, though. I mean, he's so efficient and gets it done. you got to consider him a little bit uh, in here, but he's so expensive. Um, and after that, I think, you know, it's a little bit of a reach to go to a Rubio or, or some of the other, Mikhail Bridges, uh, Baines, anybody like that. I don't think you have to go that deep on a card like this. Okay, we have two late-night sweat games. Both start at 10 o'clock, so we'll have a double hammer going here. Uh, Philadelphia at the Lakers. Uh, sounds like a great game, except for Philly has guys out, so that's not going to be as nearly good of a game, and Vegas agrees. The Lakers are a 12.5-point favorite. Uh, LeBron and Davis are playing. We do know that, and that's something that we don't always usually know. Um, and... You know, they are 12.5-point favorite, 221 total. The implied for the Lakers is 117, and for Philly, 104.5. So, you know, you've got pace of 19 for Philly, 12 for the Lakers. But this is the concern, but it's not a complete story here. Philly's sixth in the league defensively. Lakers are third in the league defensively. So both of these teams can defend. However, Philly has some of their key defenders out, including the most uh, key defender in the league as far as the team's performance as a def defensive efficient team on the floor with and without him, and that's Joel Embiid. Uh, it's fluctuated anywhere from 11 to 14 points per game difference for the opposing team facing Philly when Embiid does not play. I mean, you're t that's serious. You do not see that in double digits very often. And right now it's sitting at about 11 and a half points. So that, you know, that's a concern on the Philly side. You know, can you expect a game from Shake like the last time? I mean, let's get real. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, he could have a good game. He could be rosterable. But, you know, I got to think that that's going to be possibly his career high uh, for a while there for sure. Uh, Second-year player from SMU that barely made the league, and, and there he is uh, going nuts out there last game. Um, the Philly side, Tobias Harris is everybody's go-to guy lately. I just, you know, I don't like playing people against the Lakers when I know that the Lakers' defensive players are, are in there. You know, Avery Bradley, Danny Green. Uh, I talk about these guys all the time, and of course, AD, and even the two bigs, McGee and Howard. I mean, that is a hell of a defensive group there. We're talking, you know, four of those five guys have been on an all-NBA defensive team already, and I still think Davis, if he plays enough games, has the potential to be defensive player of the year. So I'm going to run and hide from this Philly team. I think this game's getting a lot of attention. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to watch it. I think it's going to be over-owned. So I'm not afraid to uh, go elsewhere there. As far as paying up for you know the, the million-dollar question everybody always has, do you pay up for LeBron? Do you pay up for Davis? For me, this game, I pay up for Davis. And the reason I do... I know he's got three little minor injuries and he missed a game and all that baloney. I think he's fine. I think that almost anybody else in the league probably plays that last game. Uh, he just, he's always been somewhat fragile and, and over uh, zealous to sit when there's any injuries. So, you know, the fact that he's ruled in and not just listed as probable, 
The fact that Philly has somewhat of a donut in the middle now with Embiid out, uh, Horford's just undersized there, um, and the guys off the bench are you know aren't quite going to cut it with Scott and company. So I just like Davis. I think you know if this game can stay at least within 20 for the first three quarters, I think Davis will be fine. He is extremely expensive, but I do you know I'm counting on 60 fantasy points from him. Uh, if it blows out sooner, then it's gonna it's gonna sting. Um, if it somehow stays closer longer, uh, he could be the highest scorer on the slate in my opinion. So uh, I you know more than likely Davis will be my pay up gate pay up guy today um but you know i'm going to continue to watch any news anything else that comes out um and go from there i also think the lakers may go more small ball in this game especially if horford starts at center so don't be surprised if mcgee and howard have less of a role and davis see some minutes at center okay we go to the last game and I'm running out of gas, and I need something to drink here. So let's get it done. We've got the Washington Wizards, everybody's favorite DFS team, it seems like, against the Sacramento Kings. Washington's on the first night of a, a, a back-to-back, and they're playing in Sacramento as a five-and-a-half-point dog. Sacramento's favored in this one. The total's 234-and-a-half, solid. Second-highest total. A lot of times that's the highest total. But Minnesota's 13 and a half higher than that, the Minnesota-New Orleans game. That'll just go to show you how crazy that, that line is. Um, I'd like to bet the under on that game, really. I mean, 248, seriously? And it'll probably be like 275. Um, Washington is 114 implied, and SAC is 120. 120 is a solid number. That's got to come from somebody. Um, that 234 and a half is, a, like I say, a good number. Pace-wise, you've got Washington sixth, which is which is great, but Sacramento's only 25th, so that should even it out a little bit. But on the plus side, Washington's second to last. At least they're not last anymore. Second to last defensively, and Sacramento is 18th, so they are below average as well. You gotta like this game. I mean, you have to. You know, Beal has been absolutely unconscious i think it was the very game after they told him that he did not make the all-star team and he has played with a big ass chip on his shoulder since that time you know back-to-back 50-point games on back-to-back nights included in that mix so i mean he's just been spectacular and has to be considered you know against a team like sacramento that is not shut down in the backcourt at all um, you know, they're, they're terrible against the two guards. So, you know, Davis and Beal, can I afford both? I'm going to try. Um, but I think Beal's got to be one of those, those guys that you just got to build around. I mean, it just looks too good of a game. I know it's on the first back, uh, first night of a back to back. That's a little bit scary because, you know, are they going to want to play him, extended minutes when they have to leave Sacramento after that game travel up to Portland we have some Portland members that have joined recently so shout out to our Portland uh, folks uh, on DFS coach talk but then uh, Washington has to fly up to Portland and play them tomorrow night so you know it it definitely isn't a sure thing Um, nothing is but you know Bill seems like a very solid play 
his price is so tough to swallow. But uh, in big consideration for me, um, you know, I like Shabazz Napier, but I'm a little concerned about he and Ish still splitting too much. And you know my theory with splitting of the nets. Uh, you know, Hashimura is doing okay. Uh, you know, you can get a decent game from Bertans when he's on fire. If not, you know, it's a risk. Better GPP play. Same thing with Bryant. They do have a lot of guys that are, are certainly sound GPP plays, but not quite as uh, tough in cash. So I'm, you know, definitely have some concern with those guys. Um, from the Sacramento side, you know, Fox, if he's playing, I can't remember what we said his distinction was on the on the player news. Uh, you know, with his speed, he's certainly a difference maker. Um, you know, with as bad as Washington plays, Beal is ranked 88th out of 89 uh, shooting guards defensively in the league. So that certainly brings Bogdanovich and Heald into play. But then again, you have some split minutes there. Uh, but I think they both can kill it, to be honest with you. So we got to look at that. Uh, a lot of people have been going to Belitza. I, I could see that. Um, I, I rolled out the dice with Giles in one lineup uh, last time, and he was just mid-20s. You know, I'm a little concerned about his ceiling and total minutes, so I'm not uh, crazy really about the other ancillary players for Sacramento. And that's it. That is an eight-game slate that tips off at 7 p.m. Uh, join us for sure at, at DFS Coach Talk every day. You can hear us seven days a week wherever podcasts are heard. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. You name it, you can find us there. Just search for DFS Coach Talk, and uh, you're going to find us. We always ask during each show we keep all of our uh content free in front of any paywalls and we will continue to do so seven days a week and i think we have the best free fully free nba content in the industry and we're able to do that because uh of people jumping on with us at dfs coach talk and those that are rate review and subscribing us on all of the different areas you can pick us up the five stars, the likes, the thumbs up. If you have a minute to put a positive review in iTunes, we're giving out uh, a monthly pass to DFS Coach Talk, uh, randomly selecting one of the people that, that puts a positive uh, review up there. And certainly those uh, those thumbs up on YouTube and, and hit the little bell, that the subscribe button on there on YouTube because then it'll shoot you uh, a notification as soon as we post a new uh, podcast and we do vary from times and that's by design you know we'll have some shows that go out in the morning some around lunchtime some right after lunch uh, we're trying to mix it up a little bit between uh, myself doing sh some shows alone and then in general we'll either have Micah Potry or Andrew Hansen uh, our, our D GPP pros at DFS Coach Talk join me on a lot of the shows and you know, the one thing we will always do is have it out in plenty of time that you can follow that program that I said earlier, which is take the podcast in, whether it's at work, at lunchtime, at your break, uh, whatever, on the way home, and then follow the news on Twitter. You can follow us, uh, each uh, of our pros. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-A. 
I can't pronounce. <laughs> I can't spell my own name. Let's do that again. At J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. There you go. And then Mike is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And Andrew is at Language Olympic, all one word. And again, you can also just go to at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter and sort of everything feeds into that. Um, and then, you know, follow that news throughout the day. And then the third part, you know, you got to hunker down that last 30 minutes. It's too important. The, the last news that breaks, the starting lineups that are released, um, you know, you've got to be in preparation there to have your contest already selected, your you know, skeleton lineups in there, whatever you want to call them, uh, holder lineups, and then you got to be ready to put the right players in in the right spots. Uh, you know, we're posting lines at, at DFS Coach Talk in our Discord, uh, generally about 30 minutes before, uh, before the first uh, game tips. So join us on there for sure. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. Uh, one thing also, you know, we started DFS Coach Talk, you know, in part uh, because of the tragedy that happened with Kobe and Gianna and that whole situation. We know how hard that hit the basketball community. And we like to uh, end every show by giving everybody the opportunity to go there and contribute. It's mabaon3.org. That's M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Uh, give uh, it's really you know for those families that are surviving uh, from the people that perished on the helicopter so uh, jump on there and give it I know that it's greatly greatly appreciated and I think it's a thread that sort of brings our entire basketball community around the entire world together because I know you know we have uh, guys from Australia uh, are big and members in our at DFS coach talk and we have uh, a lot of listeners from everywhere from England to India to Pakistan to yes we had a Pakistan listener uh, you know a lot of uh, uh, Russian folks that from all different places in Russia Slovenia specifically that we got to know uh, some of those good people uh, through FIBA and uh, some fun stuff so we really appreciate everything uh, we're thankful for our quick start uh, jump on let's you know, we call it the money train. You'll see my little uh, money bag and train on there a lot of times when I'm posting stuff on Twitter. And one thing we do is we have a lot of fun. You know, we're chill. We're not into negative, uh, you know, thinking, all kinds of pressure. We always tell everybody to bet, you know, with your head, not over it, and to be smart. Uh, don't, you know, play where you're sitting there just dying uh, watching the game. That's no fun for anybody. So, uh, you know, we, we try to really have that culture with everything we do at DFS Coach Talk because, yes, you can make great money at this. And, yes, it's a fantastic hobby. And certainly I am more competitive than probably anybody you'll ever meet. And I want to win every everything I do. It's just sort of the way I am. And I know a lot of you are that way as well. Uh, so I get it. I mean, I'm intense and want to go after it. But it always has to be kept in perspective because if you don't, then things get a little haywire and offbeat. So we're always going to try to keep things in perspective with reality and the world. And, and uh, you know, we're all fighting the same fight. So let's have fun doing it. So that's it. I want to thank you for joining me on this, this DFS Coach Talk podcast. For my fellow NBA pros, Michael Fox and Andrew Hansen, I am Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow. And we look to crush it.